Hi, you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Brother Jojo is Schemes and Lies from 2 Kings chapter 5 verses 22-27 and Brother Diego's message on My Heavenly Father from 1 Samuel chapter 16 verses 1 to 13 God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. amen yes how many of you want to hear the word of god are you excited yeah let's put our hands together for our brother jojo who's going to share the word of god Okay. Give him some time. You can take some time if you want a coffee or a tea. Grab a drink. No, 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 not one hour. Yeah. Over to brother Jojo. Can we welcome brother Jojo once again? Are you all doing family? Yes. How are you all doing family? Yes. How are you all doing family? Yes. All right. Um. Okay. The title of my sharing today is Schemes and Lies. Schemes and Lies. Can you turn your good book, your holy tablets in... Second Kings, uh, chapter twenty, verse twenty-seven. I need the whole family to read what's in the slides, please. One, two, three. Now. Hmm. Uh. 
Let's pray. Father God, we present to each and every one of us. You cleanse us, Lord, of anything that is scheming in our hearts and our mind. The lying, Lord. Lord, you just take away and all those sneaky parts, Lord. Lord, make us white, Lord. Make us pure. Make us holy. Lord, give us a receiving heart and a listening ear, Lord. That they may see you, not me, but rather you, Lord. That, Lord, you have indeed loved your people long and up to now. So once more, Lord, you just be in our midst, Lord. Use me, Lord, as a downspout and brother Jacob, Lord. This is not us, Lord, but rather it's you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Name. Amen. Okay, schemes and lies. Google says schemes is an adjective. It is an adjective that describes someone who is always sneaky. Someone who wants to invite a friend or a family because he or she secretly wants to do something scheming. It is the act of scheming. It is an underhand plot. It is an intrigue. Schemes. Getting what we s getting what we want but losing what is important. Can you go back to the whole verse twenty to twenty seven? Verse 25, when he went in and stood before his master, Elisha asked him, where have you been, Gehazi? Gehazi is a story in the Bible that shows one man's behavior that revealed his heart. The heart is such a void. There is such a void in his heart. Void is something, a space. Maybe big, maybe small, but it is, it is an empty space. There's nothing there. Gehazi had long been a reliable servant. Perhaps even, uh, you know, uh, trusty. Uh, Elisha, the prophet Elisha, declined a lavish gift from a military commander who is Naaman. Beforehand, Naaman has been suffering from, the Bible says it's a lep leprosy, but they say it's just a shorasis. Did, did I pronounce it right? Did I? But still, it's a, it's a disease. So the end of the story, he was attempting, he was scheming. To get something of what Naaman is presenting to the great prophet Elisha. Because Elisha healed him. Do you imagine how much, what was the, what was the given price? Uh, what, was, what was the small price? Two talents. Two talents and two do you know how much is a talent now? A talent of silver? Okay. Accordingly, a talent of silver is around 25.8 kilograms of silver. 
valued at 27,228. How many talents? Multiply it by two, it becomes 54. And two garments of pure uh, white clothing, very valuable. Maybe if you say it's like, what's the most expensive? Like a Zara brand or? Uh -huh. There you go. There you go. You got one, dude? Okay. So just imagine. Gehasi schemed, schemed his boss just that portion. Do you know how much Naaman, Naaman has in his, in, in his, in his uh, caravan of, of gifts to give, to give, to give to, to the great prophet? They say it's around 750,000 talents. What am I pointing? Imagine this is the gift of Naaman. And then Gehazi was just scheming this portion. He lost everything for that piece. Gehazi was lacking faith. Gehazi lacks the faith that the Lord can provide. As a result, Gehazi and his descendants suffered what Naaman was suffering forever. And even the prophet Elisha gave like a slim of chance that Gehazi might, might tell the truth. Upon returning home, Gehazi simply lied. Elisha knew beforehand. And Elisha said, Did I not go with you in spirit when the man turned from his chariots to meet you? That's verse 26. Guessing that Gehazi enjoyed a life of position, some kind of power, but somewhat corrupt. Because that small portion of 56, 54,000 in the value today. That was a small portion. So he already concocted. And I believe that he even had plans before that happened. But this was just itemized on this, on, on this, on this second Kings verse five, uh, chapter 5. So Gehazi has that uh, corrupt, corrupt nature. Misusing his authority as a servant. Imagine he's a servant, but he is given that authority, that trust. Yet he decided to cheat. So in the end, you got a portion, then you got Naaman's disease. What do you think led him to do, to do that? Except for the word scheming. Any guess? Greed. Greed. Yeah. It's pure greed. My question. 2023. Do, do we have a little gas in ourselves? 
I do. I guess there's no, maybe it's embarrassing to admit, but there's no shame in admitting if you have a Gehazi. Not be, might not be scheming or might not be lying. Maybe lying or maybe anything that you are planning to do according the plan that is, again, what, was, what is defined as a scheme. A scheme is an idea. It is a secret. It is something, an underhand plot. Uh, sad to say, uh, as we journey as believers, in the middle of, of that journey, sometimes we have bumps and hiccups. And we try to make a scheme, make a plan, intriguing or not, that we can do better than what God has installed, installed for us. Sometimes, did you not, do, do, do you not think, Come on, let's be real here. Come on, uh, come on, family. Uh, sometimes it, it 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 pains us to it pains us to see the pain that we can inflict to the father because you know because he he will forgive at the end. But imagine that small portion of two talents and two brand new garments in exchange for. For, for a virus or a, a disease. So, how can we avoid this kind of scheming and lies? There you go. These are the words of Jesus. Store treasures in heaven. Not of this world. Can someone read Matthew 6, verse 20? Matthew 6, verse 20. Okay, we were able to... We were able to factor out the scheming and the lies. Now, let's focus on how we can avoid such scheming and lies. Jesus, Jesus was the one who is speaking. Uh, instead, we treasure, we store treasures in heaven. We love shortcuts, right? We love shortcuts. So let's say from District 7 to District 1, we can either go to, there are two ways, right? So we love shortcuts. We, there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts in the journey of believers. Can you say that? There are no shortcuts in the journey of believers. Sometimes we make mistakes. We do shortcuts. And we shortcut many times to the point that it, we do mistakes. We consider it as a career of mistakes. It's like out of the 10, we, we, we make mistakes 11 times. And then we cannot, we cannot get out of that, 
not that help me uh, we cannot get off that cycle uh, thanks the Lord is simply saying that the money that he has given us has the proper place and it isn't for our words it is for our stewardship define stewardship it's something you are given in trust something you may spend but you are accountable to it. I always hear the prayers, Lord, what we have, what we, what we eat, what we wear, it all came from you. A portion of this is to you. So goes with money. But in reality, we keep that from the Lord. In reality. I don't know how, but you guys, you know what I'm talking about. As believers, money belongs to God. We are simply stewards because he designed it for his purpose and for his will. And with that, we often miss the mark God has set because God has a standard. We try to bring the standard of God to our level. Remember, the Lord is abounding in grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Let's not abuse that grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Yes, if we mistake, we, if we make mistake, we go back. If we meet a hump, we slow down. But going back, going back, when we go back, we just don't go back, we repent. We repent to the point that we, how can I define this? Okay, how can I define this? Who loves to drink? Water. What else? Uh, milk tea, uh, soft drinks, beer, come on. <laughs> there are limitations, right? Even drinking water. But sometimes, okay, we drink water, we drink coffee, let's say a cup of... Uh, this is actually Milo. The point is, uh, when we do something that is unple unpleasant, thank you, bro. I'm doing something unpleasant or unpleasing, and we, fe and we feel we have hit, we have hit that, 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 that max, that... that we don't want to get out of that, right? We, we want to dwell in that. Most of us, all of us, we love to dwell. And to the point, we will skim. Oh, how can I hit that level again? So that, but I don't have to be. But the Lord says, he is abounding in grace, in forgiveness, yet we abuse it. Sad to say, we abuse it. Jesus said, unless you repent, unless you, you and I repent. Luke 3, 13 verse 3. Can someone read that for me? For, for everybody. 13 and 3. Amen. At any moment, 
you and I may die. Repentance is a top priority. Repentance should be a lifestyle. Repentance is something we do to God because it is pleasing unto God. Yes, it is embarrassing. Imagine you did a scheme and then it progressed and then you die. There are many instances in people's lives they think they will not die today. And mostly when it came, it's too late. The Apostle Peter also added in Acts 3 verse 19, can somebody read that for us? Amen. In parallel, not only that our schemes and lies will separate us, but the unbelief of God's word. Peter is calling here for us to repent. That his word can change us from within so that it can manifest outwardly. As we try to heed to the words of Jesus and Peter, see how God may use the power of that repentance to change you and I. And from within, so we may rid of those schemes and lies of what this fallen and rotten world is presenting. Imagine this was written how many years ago? Maybe 4,000 years ago, right? Maybe. But it is very applicable now. Gehazi didn't have the Bible so perhaps he can make an excuse. I didn't know. But he was serving a great prophet. We have the Bible. We have a Sunday service here. We have, sun, we have prayer time. We have oh, Bible time, life net. We have all. We have all the reasons not to do schemings and doing lies. And other balonies in life. The word of Jesus in saying that it should be a lifestyle. He didn't say exactly, but it should be our lifestyle. That's the, that's the essence. That's the substance. As we get rid of this license scheme, God will use us for his purpose. He will honor us. Whatever plans as long as it is within the will of the Lord. Within the will. Following Jesus is the only fulfillment of capturing that substance. Rather than being a shadow. May I expound on that? Who wants to be a shadow? Let's say this is my shadow, right? And then that sun disappears. Do you see, still see my shadow? 
Then who wants shadow? Substance. Can you see substance? Can you see substance? Am I speaking with substance? Please do not misuse the word substance abuse, okay? That's, that's, that's not here. That's not applicable. Substance. Substance of the word. Substance of this holy word. So for me, I prefer to be in the substance. As I speak, I hope there's substance in what I speak. And only Jesus can concur with that. If my worry is to please you, then I don't have substance. I'll be a shadow. Shadow of your smile. See, that's just music, right? And then after you forget that there's nothing there. Now, the substance of that music. Do you get me, my family? Okay, now the last part as we go to the last part. Jesus, oh, mm -hmm. sorry. We need to live a godly life. Godly life, well, who were, who was, most of you were here during the January 1st, right? One degree, one degree a day. So how is that, how is that one degree? We're in the mid-year already. Anyway, I hope as we live a godly life, Everything we need, everything has been provided for a living that is holy. Second Peter verse one, uh, Second Peter chapter one verse three. Can somebody uh, read this? Mm. Amen. We may be lacking in some important aspects of our lives right now. We may be. Most of, maybe some of us are complete. But I, I'll, I'll just take a guess. We may be needing. But Second Peter assures that everything is provided, has been provided. So as long as the essentials for godliness such as faith, grace, and wisdom. Godliness such as faith, grace, and wisdom. Wisdom is something that came from the word of God. Knowledge is something you go to school, you acquire it, you pay for it. Wisdom is from within. And to top them all, Jesus we only need Jesus. You and I have everything. Only through God do we have access to the Father. As long as we have that, 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 that faith, that grace, that wisdom, we have access to the Father. Who is the one actually who is graciously providing and giving believers with all the things that we need? Need, not wants. One of his ways is giving us wisdom. If we ask. Can somebody point me to the chapter where it says God, God generously gives wisdom? There you go. 
James 1.5. Another who He generously gives is His Holy Spirit. Actually, it's within ourselves already. But most of us, I don't know if maybe some of us, is not conscious about that. The characteristics of the Holy Spirit are displayed in the fruits of His Spirit. And it manifests, it, it has the manifestation that we can be strongly guided, that as we are strongly guided, we can live the lifestyle of a believer. The divine power has given us everything. We need for, we, He gave us all that we can live for having a Christ-centered life, a Christ-centered life. Through the knowledge of him. Again, Second Peter verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 defines this. He gives it through his great power as he come to know him better. As we come, as you and I come to know him better. If we truly are depending on God's power for our daily needs, then it will work itself out in very practical ways. We don't need to scheme our lives. We don't need to lie. I used to work for a public relations office for nine years. Sad to say, public relations office is a scheming outfit. We lie for a living. That's why when I speak of scheming and lies, I know. That was me before. So if you are in some situation, don't wait for nine years. Don't wait for another nine years. We as a family of believers, we have everything what we need. There's a great difference between need and want. So I hope before you leave, before you sleep tonight, you can just simply, Lord, please forgive me. Please, Lord, give me a lifestyle of repentance because everything is in the good book. Thank you, family. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Jojo. Are you all okay? Happy? Amen? Okay. Uh, thank you, Brother Jojo. He didn't drink the coffee nor the water. So, let's... Uh, God is good to us and He has redeemed us. And out of all our lies and schemes, we have a hope in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Uh, the topic that I have today is my heavenly father from 1 Samuel 16, 1 to 13. So before we go to the text, uh, if you all can, can we turn our Bibles to uh, Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. I will read. Uh, you all can fo follow in your Bible. Romans 8, 28. Yeah. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, my master, that you have given us a privilege to come to you and to know you 
and Lord, to love you. Not that we love, but you loved us first. As even, O Lord, my master, we dwell as we listen, as we read your word. Pray that you talk to us because it's all about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When it says in Romans 8.28, all things, it means really all things. So all things includes good things and bad things, right? But the secret, as you know, you need to know is that you need to know that the love of Christ is in you and you are called according to you, his purpose. How many of you believe that you are here today by God's plan and God's purpose? Yes. How many of you love Jesus? Can you ask your neighbor, do you love Jesus? Yes. I love Jesus, yes. Yes. And uh, let's go to the topic, my heavenly father, First uh, Samuel 16, 1 to 13. The background of this is, I'll just tell you shortly, it's uh, Samuel going to choose David. If you've read your Bible, Samuel was one of the greatest prophets of Israel who was known from Dan to Beersheba. He was anointed the prophet. He grew up in the temple from the time that he was a little boy. And he died. Till he died, he died. You know, his life, there was no place where people can point out a black spot in his life. That he was such a blessed servant of God. So this servant of God, God tells him to go and anoint David. Okay? So that's the background. Why he tells him to go and anoint? Ignitines, who was the first king of Israel? Saul. Who was the second king of Israel? Yes, okay. So Saul was a king, but he disobeyed God. What was his disobedience? Ignitines? Okay, it's too much of a flashback, right? Yeah, okay, so the thing is, God tells Saul to go and destroy all the Amalekites in First Samuel chapters 15. And destroy everything, everything means everything, okay? But Saul and his servants, they take all the best things, all the best, best things. Uh, the good ox, the good, uh, you know, lamb, the sheep, the goat, the gold, the silver, everything, nice, nice things. All the dirty things, which is like old generation, millennials, they destroyed. All the Gen Zs, you know, they just, just, just selected those things and brought it up. This was not pleasing in God's sight, you know. In First uh, Samuel chapter 15, uh, Samuel says to Saul, uh, Saul is telling Samuel, but the people took some of, uh, verses 21, 15, 21, but the people took some of the spoiled sheep and oxen and choicest of the things devoted to destruction to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. And Samuel said, has, Lord, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of the rams. For rebellion is a sin of divination and insubordination is an iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Disobedience. We sing a song in Sunday school, obedience is better than sacrifice. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C. Obedience is the be very best way to know that you believe. Yeah. But here he disobeyed. He lost the plan. Verses 29, Samuel says, Also the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind, 
for he has he is not a man that he should change his mind so now this is the background and after this god is telling saul in verses 35 samuel did not see again okay no no not that not that uh in in verse 11 right god is telling him first samuel chapter 15 i regret that i have made saul king and he has turned me turned back from following me and he has not carried out my commandments and samuel was distressed and cried out to the lord samuel was so sad that he cried out to the lord whole night because he was a man like you know who anointed saul as a king and it says like uh, there was nobody as tall as saul you know he was so excellent perfect he was like mr israel of those days you know he was like the best the best of the best that god chose and this best man whom god chose god is rejecting him and he's become a pain in god's heart and that really pain samuel so this was a background of samuel going to select david okay so we read i read uh, from my bible you can follow from your bibles i'm reading from an nasb version from first samuel chapter 16 verses 1 to 13 okay let's go now the lord said to samuel how long will you grieve over saul since i have rejected him from being king over israel fill your horn with oil and go i will send you to jesse the bethlehemite for i have selected a king for myself among his sons horn is like a a casket a basket what do you call a flask of oil so he's 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 like you know carrying a a flask of oil and going to select the son so but samuel said how can i go when saul hears of this hears of it he will kill me and the lord said take a heifer with you and say i have come to sacrifice to the lord heifer is like an animal like a small calf which is a uh, you know that used to be used to sacrifice so he tells you just take this animal with you and tell them that you've come for sacrifice don't tell them that you've come to select a king because samuel is afraid if saul comes to know because if samuel goes anywhere it's a news everybody will know that samuel is here samuel is here so if he's there for a reason god has sent him and he god has something to do in that place so that's why god is telling like you know it's not not big t- big deal you just go as if you're going to do a sacrifice verse 3 you shall invite jesse to the sacrifice and i will show you what you shall do and you shall anoint for me the one whom i designate to you so samuel did what the lord said and came to bethlehem and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said do you come in peace trembling uh, what does that mean trembling fear right how many of your kids tremble at your parents how many of your parents tremble at your kids okay trembling when we go to god we should have that trembling in our heart because god is a god who looks at a contrite and a broken heart you know we are not that great that god chose us you see without us he still god amen but without him we are nothing isn't that true so here is a prophet samuel a man of god is going and the elders the big people you know the people who are in high position they're coming trembling they're afraid okay the next verse verse 5 
He said, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. Eliab is the oldest son of Jesse. Okay. Uh, why Samuel had this thought? Like, you know, maybe he's the one because Eliab was really tall. He had a broad shoulder, nice build up. So because Samuel has Saul in mind, you know, the target is Saul. Someone like Saul is going to be someone like the, at least like, you know, if not this present president, he's going to be greater than this present president. It's that kind of a thought in Samuel's mind. Like, you know, someone taller than Saul, someone who's got more biceps and, you know, more built up and uh, nice arms. And that's, that's the kind of a thought. Okay. Then, surely the Lord's, the Lord's anointing is before him, he thought. But verse 7, look at what God is telling. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance, or at his height, or his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as the man sees. For man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen? Verse 8, Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before and Samuel, before Samuel, and said, Samuel said, and he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Verse 9, Jesse made Shama pass by, and he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus, verse 10, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Verse 11, and Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? And he said, there remains yet the youngest and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to, the, to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Now, who is David's father? Jesse. How many sons Jesse has? Eight, right? But how many sons he made them to pass in front of? Seven. At home, sometimes like, you know, there are some black sheep, right? And, and children. So some guys are really nerd, smart people, right? Like Phineas, Ferb, you know? Remember what I'm trying to tell? Okay. So some guys are br brilliant, like, you know, and some guys are really brainy and some are brain dead. So it's, <laughs> it's like the guys who are clever and, you know, if you have someone like Mr. Mark come to our house, a principal of a school, like, you know, and then, or somebody who is great, you just think, you should show all the brilliant kids, like, you know, all the dull guys, you <laughs> stay away from house. Samuel has come for, a, for meeting his kids. And he's, he's given David a job, which he thinks only he can do it, being a shepherd boy. But rest of the sons are in big positions. Like, you know, he wants to present themselves. He wants to show them. He wants to prove that, you know, these guys are really capable of doing whatever you have for them. So Samuel is frustrated here because God is telling he's not the one, he's not the one, he's not the one. Seven people. Now Samuel is asking, do you have any other sons? Think about it. Now someone asks your parents, are these all the kids you have or do you have anyone hidden at home somewhere? It's so much of, so much David was disregarded by his own dad that he was considered only for this job. 
Well, then Samuel says, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Now, for Samuel, it was not what man thinks. It was what God had sent him to do, right? His thought was to do what is God's, God's job for him to do, and he came there for that. So now Samuel is a big prophet, correct? People came trembling, right? Now Samuel says, we will not sit. So now everybody's, it's a serious matter, right? It's very serious, okay? So verse 12, he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Lord did not tell arise for anybody. Samuel is the greatest prophet, okay? But for this small boy, God tells him, arise. This is the guy. When Samuel arise, Jesse arise. When Jesse arise, the seven brothers arise. When seven brothers arise, the elders arise. Everyone arises for this unwanted, unknown, insignificant David, who was a shepherd boy tending the flock. Okay, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. In the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. This passage, now, there's so many reasons that I wanted to share is Because this has been... You know, God has spoken to me through this because so many times people think that we are very insignificant. Like, you know, we can't do it because it's not our job. We are less powerful, less talented, less people with less facilities. People just can't do it. We are can't do it people, you know. But God chooses people like this to do something that is very great. Okay, I have a few points here that I would like to share. Uh, point number one. God has chosen you, chosen me, chosen us. You are chosen not by chance. You are chosen by choice. How many of you believe that? Amen? You know, it's, it's not that God tells you, you know what? I just came to choose your neighbor and by mistake I chose you. He doesn't say that. Okay? He doesn't say that, you know, oh, Lum, I was just coming for Corey, but... I'm sorry, you know, you, you, you were just taller than her and I got you. It's not like that. Okay? God chooses you not by chance. You are the choice. Okay? And he doesn't say, my bad, I chose you. He knows that he's choosing you, not because you are capable, but because the one who chose is a capable God. Amen? Amen. Okay. Point number two. God will not allow another to stand in the place ordained for you. That God, what God has planned for you, nobody can snatch it or take it from you. Amen? Now, God had a place for David to be the king, second king. But his dad didn't want him to stand in that place. He wanted the capable people, the people who are really able to do. And he wanted... To hide David behind, God will not allow anyone. Whatever has been placed for you, it's for you. Just for imagine, imagine for for uh, 
if you have an interview and the time that is given for you is 9 and if you arrive at 10 someone else has been given that job you miss that chance right that happens in the worldly standard right but god will not tell oh you were late half an hour sorry you missed your blessing he will not say that oh sorry you overslept you missed your blessing man you're so lazy you missed your blessing is not like that what he has planned for you no matter what comes no matter who comes he will make sure that he takes you there and makes you to receive what he has kept for you amen how many of you believe amen amen people can push you down your own people can hide you as david his own father hid did not want david to be noticed but people cannot hide you from god amen what god has planned for me is mine nobody can take it away from me psalm 27:10 david says my own father and my mother forsook me but the lord has taken me up god will not say oh sorry you just missed it because you came late i gave it to your friend or to someone else what god has planned for you nobody can take it away from you amen the third point god has a plan for you for us hence we have hope because god chose you placed you where you are and he has planned for you you are alive because he has a plan for you plan and purpose for you and you have hope because you're alive you have hope are we all alive can you look at your neighbor and ask are you alive are you breathing you have a hope tell your neighbor you have a hope we have a hope because we are alive amen because he has a plan for me i have hope because he's kept me alive and his purpose for me in my life i know that i am alive see this david such an insignificant david he all that he knew was when he's tending that flock far away from his earthly father you know when the lion and the bear that he's trying to talk to saul after this the next chapter when the lion came and attacked the flocks or the the bear came and attacked the flocks his father was not there next to him his father was not there to tell father please help me no his brothers were not there but his heavenly father was with him all the time amen he could open his mouth and say father my heavenly father i thank you he could open his mouth and say though my father and my mother they forsook me lord you will take me up he was able to say that the lord is my shepherd and i shall not want that is because he knew that his god is his jehovah jaira he is the one who provides him he is the one who is with him what do we have in this what do i have in this the next point what should i do what should we do we know god has a plan we know god is doing something but nothing is happening i don't see it if god has a plan for me why is this happening to me why is this not why all things are not good why this romans 828 is not happening all things works together for good but nothing is seeming good when 
Prophet Samuel is coming to my house, such a big man, he's invited distinguished guests, but I was not invited. Why is it not good for me? Why am I left with the flock? With all these questions, you know, my dear brothers and sisters, me and you all, I just want to encourage you is that God knows what he's doing for us and he will purpose his plans to us in our lives in right time, right season, and all that he's planned for us, he will do it for us. Amen? So what should we do to achieve his plan, to receive his plan? How should we be? Humble ourselves in all situations. Let it be wilderness and palace. That is one of the beautiful character that David had. If you read in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 19 and 20. Now David has become a king and God, you know, has blessed him so much. And there is a prophet who comes and tells that, you know, God is going to bless you. You will not build the temple, but your son is going to build the temple. And always there will be a man on your throne. That's the plan that God is telling to David. And you see David's humbleness and prayer. Verses 19 and 20. Sam, uh, sorry, 2 Samuel 7, 19 and 20. And yet this was insignificant in your eyes, O Lord. Sorry, verses 18, from 18 I'll read. Then David the king went and sat before the Lord. He said, Who am I, O Lord, God, and what is my house that you have brought me so far? And yet this was insignificant in your eyes, O Lord. For you have spoken also of the house of your servants concerning the distant future. And this is the custom of man, O Lord. Again, what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord God. So what should we do? We should always know to stay grounded, humble in the word of the Lord, in the sight of the Lord. This, is, this was the beauty that David, though he was not tall, though he was not broad-shouldered, though he was not that great as Saul, but he knew where his strength came from and his strength was in the name of the Lord. Amen? What kind of a promotion, igniting kids, you know, for a shepherd boy to become a king? What kind of promotion, what kind of qualification? You know, a shepherd boy can maybe become a soldier, but a king. That is the standards of God's measure. Amen? So you might think that I'm insignificant. I can't do it. I don't have those grades, but I want you to stay encouraged. You have a God who is God of David. Amen? If he can make a shepherd the king, he's the same God for you today. Amen? Yes. I've, I have a few applications uh, uh, before that. I want to encourage you through this word in Psalms. Yeah, go back, sister. Psalm 94, 19, the psalmist says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comfort delights my soul. In all the anxieties that, you know, David went through, all that we are going through, remember, the hope and the confidence for us, his comfort, his word, his living word, you know, we cannot have this connection with God if we don't have this connection with His Word. You know, this is the whole moral. This is the whole bottom line that you get grounded, you get rooted in His Word. I have a few applications. Yes. The next slide, sister. God has chosen you 
believe and he will lead you stop complaining about people situations if god has allowed anything in your life he knows how to lead you david did not complain telling my brothers were chosen but i was not i am not going to come david did not say no i will not come into the house dad you didn't call me you didn't even think that you should invite me for the meal the best meal that you've made for the prophet you didn't even think about that i don't want to come no he didn't do that he was so humble he just ran and be rooted grounded in god's word the holy bible that is so important you know igniting kids parents the beauty of david was he was rooted and grounded in the word of god how many of you play instruments very good i think igniting's you're shy you're not lifting up your hands joshua is not even lifting his okay so you know what was the beauty of david he was so much grounded in the word of god you know if kids if you have any opportunity to play instrument in your school okay for any worldly music don't play it though you know how to play it okay and if you have the talent to play instrument come here to the presence of god and play the instrument that is a blessing amen if you read the same chapter verses 18 you know saul is looking for a music player a guy who can play some harp some guitar you know saul is looking for that who can come and play but there is one guy who's talking about david just listen to this okay verse 18 first samuel 16 18 then one of the young men said behold i have seen a son of jesse the bethlehemite who is a skillful musician a mighty man of valor a warrior one of prudent one prudent in speech and and a hand of someone some man and the lord is with him prudent in speech and a handsome man sorry prudent in speech and handsome man and the lord is with him the lord is with him a worship leader is identified even in the crowd a worship leader a musician the one who glorifies the lord you know how do you glorify how do you worship it's because the word is so full in david's heart that he can't you know hide it in his heart he just wants to bring it out that's how you know all this psalms psalm 84 what like you know blessed is one day in your court than thousands elsewhere his heart is full of his word you know he's the psalmist says in psalm 119 verses 11 your word i have treasured in my heart that i may not sin against you so his heart was full of his word so how do you receive what god has kept for you how do i receive what god has kept for me the only way is to be grounded in god's word you know i want to encourage you all with this today as romans 8:28 says all things works together for good david's father left him alone with the sheep it was for his good david's father did not want him to be identified it was for his good because the more people try to push you down remember the god who has promised is a promise keeping god amen uh this is a time for you for reflection and uh schemes and lies how where is your heart today do we want something that makes us lose what is more important are we grounded in the word of god 
God has chosen you. Believe that he will lead you. Stop complaining on people. If God has allowed, he knows how to lead you. Be rooted in the word of God. And remember, all things work together for good. For those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. All things, good and bad. Trust him. Look to him. Let it be palace or let it be wilderness. Come to him. Because in him alone you have hope. Take this time for reflection. Five minutes. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your words. God, help us, our hearts, to be away from the schemes of lies. We commit ourselves, Lord. Repent of our sins. Wash us with our blood. And Lord, help us to have trust in you. And whatever you allow in our lives, you know what you're doing, Lord. 
the place that you have placed for us, no one else can stand. What you have planned for us alone, you will fulfill for us. Not because we deserve, but because you are a promise-keeping God. Thank you for your love. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.